0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Human Factor uh, with Cohesity. My name is Teresa Miller, and I'm a principal technologist, and I am joined today by Yadin, who will introduce himself.
1: I am Yadin Porter de Leon. I won't make you say my last name, Teresa. uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm I'm part of the uh, the peer-to-peer executive content team at VMware, which means I talk to CIOs, CXOs. About all the different technology channels, uh, challenges they you know, and, and human challenges um, that they face as technology leaders. Um, also, the founder of the Level Up Project, and most people will know the Level Up Project as the um, as the collective that creates the V Trail Map um, and distributes that at the VM World and all around the VMugs and User Cons and stuff like that. Super fun, great community stuff. Um, Teresa, thank you so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it.
0: Yes, glad you can be here. So we have a really interesting topic today. Um, We all know that the world is not the same as it once was. Um, Of course, we're amidst a pandemic and most of us have been working remote for several months now. But there's all this talk about getting back to the office. And in terms of that element, you know, What's the best way to do it? I think um, Yadine, when you mentioned this topic too, you, you know, you said it's not about the technology; it's about safety and choice. Um, not everyone's going to want to be back in the office, um, especially with some of the requirements that could be into place. So, you know, in terms of companies trying to figure out how to get people back to the office how should companies get feedback from their employees and what should they do once they actually have that that feedback from them what do you think Mm Yeah,
1: no. I think the, sur- the employee surveys are incredibly important. Some people have taken these already, um, and I think, and it's not just a one and done too. It's something that you take each and every month. You continue to, you know, to to take get a get a sense of. I mean, companies really should be listening to the people who work for them. Um, and there's been a an interesting discussion around what is the office for, what is what is that for, and what why do we need the office, and and what do different people get from it, and different people get very different thing. It was really surprising. This, this whole situation, this, this sort of terrible, crazy situation has has revealed some interesting conversations where people are finding out you know, why they even themselves you know, really need the office. And they didn't, they didn't even realize it themselves until they like, get into this. And I think not just saying, you know, as a company, surveying your people and saying, would you or would you not like to go to the office? When do you want to do it? It's really important to dig into what they get from that office. Because that's the question you should really be answering. It's like, what do you get from the office, and how do you feel about going back there? So it's the 2 parts are really important. You have to get a little bit nuanced. Like, what is it? Do you have a difficulty, you know, um, you know, at your house? You know, working there is there bandwidth issues? You know, is it equipment issues? Do you really, really need that cappuccino machine at the office? I mean, there's just there's really, you know, things that you really need to dig into as an organization um, and and as a team as well. So if you're a people, you know, leader, you're you know, a functional manager as well. Not just you know relying on the you know on the survey that the, the company sends out, but just you know taking the pulse of your team. Like you know I work I'm feel really really fortunate to be on a team at VMware that is extremely um, you know remote work friendly. Half of the team didn't work in Palo Alto where our headquarters is. Uh, they worked you know in Boston and in Florida and all these different um, other places around the United States. And so it was very seamless for us as a team culturally. And so that's another piece that you mentioned, Teresa, culture. Um, and and it's tough because you know some companies have that culture where the managers do bed checks and they see who's in their seats. And now they don't have butts in seats. It's They're extremely nervous about productivity and about connecting with the team, about leadership. And, um, and that's tough. And so that's, that's the cultural piece that really has to shift. Um, and some organizations are really, really struggling with it. Some organizations just embraced it, and it was very, very natural for them. Um, and they had been pushing that direction already. And now they don't have a choice. And so, finding a new sort of, you know, framework and a new model for managing a diverse and distributed workforce—that's really, you know, that—that's the big question. And then, and everyone needs to figure out how they fit into that, and and speak up as well. So when they're on a team meeting, you know, let's say, you know, when do you think, as a manager, we should be getting back? To the office because that's really important, and then and then voicing your opinion about it because a manager may think everyone's on the same page. Yeah, we're going back. You know, you know, in January or something ridiculous like that. You know, you go this day, you go that day. It's like no, you really have to start talking about it. So, getting getting a sense from from the team is is huge, and not just once, but continually.
0: You make some really good points. So just a couple of things that came to mind as you were talking about that. So it's definitely not the technology because work is not really a place like you can get work done anywhere. Right. And you also touched on that with with your remote team, um, it does become about the environment um, that you're working in, right? And many of us have have had to stay in our homes with kids. And so that's where I think it's great that you suggest that, you know, you really need to ask the team um, what their driving factor is, right? Some may need to be there because their kids um, need help with school because a lot of schools aren't back in, right? Whereas others may want that office culture, that interaction, with their co-workers to come back to some degree just to be able to also get work done so that was that was one thing that kind of came to mind just kind of you know thinking out loud and then the the other thing was the leadership and you know the butts in the seats (laughs) keeping tally on people but I I like to challenge that a little bit because I, I find that type of leadership you know to be a little awkward to me to begin with because It should always be about the productivity. What's the outcome? It shouldn't matter if they're, they're necessarily in the office, as long as you have good expectations about what the job is at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I think that that, I don't know, that's just my, my two cents on, well, if you're keeping track of the work that's being done when it's being done, shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so, and there's, and there's
1: cultures that do that push that, that really have that need. There's functional managers that just rooted their whole styles and their cultures in having, you know, physical sort of contact with the people that, you know, that, that work for them and whole companies relate to. Um, especially, there's some mid-sized companies I've heard stories of just, you know, the, the CEO, you know, has run this company forever and it's never gotten any bigger and it's this mid-sized company and then they'll actually put cameras like in like the office to be able to see if somebody was like in a place, and that's just uh, toxic. I mean, no matter what, even even without having the situation, that's just a toxic environment, and that's mm-hmm. and it's tough. The the companies that struggle with that didn't build the trust, which is kind of embedded in what you were saying, Teresa Too, is that mm-hmm. you know the output is really what you look at. So you should trust the people to who are given that you know, expectation to be able to meet that or exceed that expectation. And if they don't, well, then you have a conversation and you figure out what's in their way or what's challenging them and you support them rather than the other way around where like, I need to crack a whip, you know, um, you know, to make sure that this team stays on track. And that's just, you know, that's, that's always been toxic. And that's been, you know, the case in so many organizations that I've worked in. And I feel like I'm finally working for an organization that, you know, the, and a team, because every team is different too. That's the thing. It's like, well, organizations aren't, you know, aren't homogenous. They're, you know, they're, there's a diverse sort of array of cultures. Um, and, uh, and now there's, you know, I think that this situation has, you know, created some alignment though, where, you know, people have to trust people more you know there's not a choice so it's not you know managers don't like okay i'll trust you to work one day home a week it's like no you don't you don't have a choice anymore they're working five days a week um and uh and the great thing about that is that you've seen these productivities this high level productivities that you would never have gotten evidence of and people are realizing oh wow this actually can work i can trust the people on my team to do what they're supposed to do and now that you know that frees up my time, it frees up my mental energy. That you know makes my job easier as a functional manager or as you know, as an organizational leader, to to be able to say, okay, I can trust my team uh, because I you know I've now they've now proven to me they've now had an opportunity to prove that they can do that. And now we can have more flexible work hours because some people do, some people some people have you know people they're caring for. They have you know whether it's you know a disabled parent or you know it's a special needs child. You know and there's education to handle and um and that flexibility could be an absolute game changer for them it could be so for some people it's absolutely life-changing where it's like my goodness now i can work remotely and i can be there you know physically like you know on there and like just take a few seconds to accomplish some task that makes a huge difference in this person's life who i'm caring Mm for um that is just impossible if i'm 20 miles away just can't do it you know um and so yeah there's 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 different struggles and that diversity of struggle and that that trusting the team, you know, to be able to manage the, you know, that life and then manage the, you know, the the productivity and, and produce what they produce. Uh, my team personally, um, we've produced some amazing stuff in the last few months, um, and all you know remotely. Um, and it's just it's it's just been proof positive that you know great things can be done. Um, but like you, you said I think previously, I think even before we started recording it's like we're just lucky we're kind of in an industry where we can do stuff like that. I talked to, you know, leaders who are, you know, in banking, for example, and you know, and you know, this, this one, you know uh, bank in France is struggling because by law they have to have certain people physically in the space. And so right. you know, there's you know, there is a safety concern too. And so how do you how do you, you know, give people that, that confidence and safety?
0: yeah exactly so so let's um let's go back to so we there's lots of good reasons to allow people to be remote right and and it's going to go on for a while but if we're talking about getting back to the office what cultural and logistical changes have to happen before that's even really possible i mean we (laughs) talked about a little bit right but
1: yeah it's 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 tough because people um people have different ideas about what safe means uh, and the culture is, it's, it's a, that's the toughest problem because you could have, you know, all the rules and signs and everything, um, but it really gets down to the leaders have to talk to their teams and, and really from top down, we're like, you know, the, the, you know the, the head of the organization, CEO, head of HR have to like sort of lay this out and, so, and then and continue to do this drumbeat for weeks and months about what expectations are and those functional managers have to then beat that you know the drum in their team meetings you know what those expectations are because you can't just get people you know who go in and then just go rogue because you know what i know everyone says this i know this is what the rules are but you know i don't you know i don't believe that COVID even exists i think it's this plot you know, for, you know, for 3M to sell more masks or something. You can't you can't have that kind of a culture. And so you have to the logistical changes. You have to have all those pieces in place where like, you know, hey, if you know, if you're you can't be in the same space as this, you know, you can only have a building like 50 percent occupied or something like that. That's one big one. Um, How do you even manage that? Like if if I'm driving to work, you know, how do I know like we've hit 50 percent or like, you know, is the door just locked out and there's a sign that flips over? So I mean, those are some logistics. And then the cultural piece is okay. Once I'm in the building and it's only 50% occupied, you know, what's the etiquette for when someone's coming down a hallway? Do I do I add in? Does a person on the left have the right? I mean, there's all this stuff that we haven't solved for bringing people in and having them be safe. In an office environment, indoor environment, um, and so, and it could be like, hey, everyone just wears masks, and then we don't worry about anything else except for washing hands. Um, and the the solutions are different, but that culture piece, like you said, like what cultural changes have to happen, everyone has to be agreeing that this is the way that you behave under the circumstances, because before we've never established anything like that. So culturally, that has to be established, and that's a hard, hard thing to do.
0: I, I agree. I think it is completely hard to do. I think you have to be in communication with your employees. So let's say the office is reopening because maybe your community is not hit by COVID as hard at the moment. And so people are trying to get back to the office. What should an employee do if they're feeling pressured to return to the office, but they're emotionally not ready? for that or or for other reasons right you mentioned some great things about how even being home might help people in unexpected ways so um maybe it's not even just covid maybe it's the lifestyle is just better for them hmm. what should they do with that pressure if they're feeling it
1: well i know of course the easy answer is speak up um which may or may not be easy because it's this- if for some people it's it's like okay it's just like any situation you have a whole group of people that are going and doing something and you want to be the one person that doesn't go and do that and so there's whole sort of pressures and anxieties around that and just like any remote worker too it's like oh wait now the team has all decided they're doing this i'm the one person who doesn't feel comfortable or feels that remote is much better for me that has been my choice well now, how does that affect the team dynamic? You know, am I going to get a raise or a promotion? Um, am I going to get the projects that I wanted? You know, are people going to be at the office doing the water cooler talk? You know, talking about how you know I'm like you know this one who's scared or afraid or just not part of the team. And all of a sudden people are having to make these choices and cross bridges that they didn't have to before. I um, mean, you know, I'm just me and like, I have some neighbors that like will try to come and like get like one foot away from my face and like, and do the thing where you whisper like, oh, hey, you know, you hear about that thing on the news where they get super close to you. And I had to back, I have to back off. Whereas before it wouldn't have been a problem. Now I'm in mean, all these awkward situations. You know, I'm, I'm asking you know neighbors' kids to behave differently, and the neighbors may not be happy about that. And you know, this is going to come up to you at work, where you're going to make decisions and choices that you feel are right for you. That are going to create you know potential rifts, potential awkward moments, potential strife, potential whatever. And you and you may not know. And People may not even speak up about it. Like you may have offended somebody and they're just not gonna say anything. It's like, ah, dude, I can't believe. Like, you know, they you know, every time I walk over, they like they just take a step back, like they're afraid of me or something, like I'm infected. You know, why do they think I'm infected? Why can't I just go up and talk to them? And you'll get people getting angry at each other for stuff that just wouldn't have been an issue before. And now all of a sudden you're put in a position where you have to make those kinds of choices. And so if I choose to be home, what does that mean for my career if the rest of the teams go in the office? That's a big rift. <laughs> And uh, and so that's a that is a personal choice that you'll have to make. Balancing between that, it's like, well, if you're feeling pressure to go back, you have to, you know, you have to speak up. You have to say, you know, hey, look at, I want, I'm, you know, and the thing too is 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 if you're committed, say you're committed. If you're passionate, say you're passionate. You know, and say, but at the same time, say, you know what, I'm also really, you know, I really want to work remotely, continuing until like until we have a vaccine that's been proven over months and months and months that works. You know, I want to make this choice. You know that because that's the right choice for me Um, or we've got herd immunity or there's something else that goes on. There's something some threshold that we have to meet. We haven't met yet. And I know the rest of the team may be comfortable with that. That's their choice. But I need to make this choice. And here's the reasons why. But here's the reasons why, you know, I'm still committed. And now you have all this. I mean, the the only the only sort of headwind or the only momentum you have, the only positive you have lately is that um, you've proven over the last few months that you've been able to execute, and you've been able to be part of the team because you've been remote months after months. So you can you you have a track record now to point to that you didn't before. Nobody did, like you know. Right. There are some few people that have this lifestyle all the time, but now you know many people you know who are being pressured to return can say, "Look at look at what I accomplished remotely." You know, I can continue to do that, and I think that's a convincing argument now.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think. Um... In my, my specific community, as it relates to remote work, um, in the last five years, most companies, if you would ask them, they would say they didn't have a, a work from home or work remote policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'd go work for said company. And over time, as that trust has been built, they then would maybe allow some Right, yeah. but always bringing people back to the office um, I think to your point about the fact that count, uh, employees are now having the opportunity to prove that they can do well um, in the remote workforce leads me to believe that I you know or at least leaves me with the hope that companies will be more open to it ongoing in the future and potentially do some sort of hybrid, um, model of sorts. Maybe, maybe yeah. you only go into the office sometimes. Still get that face time. Still get that time with their coworkers. But then have the opportunity to be remote.
1: Um, yeah. In an it ongoing basis. Because the remote only isn't. A lot of people will say that it's not sustainable. Um, I don't. I question that. Um, for everyone is a blanket statement. But for some people, I know for sure that you know that it's not sustainable. They can't. Stay remote forever. It doesn't work for them. You know they're going to go crazy, and they need some place to go. They need to get dressed up, you know, cleaned up on a regular basis, and have a discipline of going somewhere and then conducting business at a place that's not their home. They need that. It's really important, and they feel like it's important for them themselves personally, and it's important for their team, and it's important for the work that they do. Um, One great example was, you know, I was talking to the CIO of, you know, Angel MedFlight. And, you know, and they, they, you know, they do emergency flights from site to site, you know, you know, for people who are, you know, for various different things, you know, injuries, you know, and, and they were like one of the first people to be approved, you know, to, you know, to kind of move COVID people around, you know, and, and they're like, there's just medical decisions they feel like are made better by having the team sitting right next to each other and being able to you know, not have to chat and type or call someone, just being able to, hey, like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? And quickly be able to make you know, decisions, especially when people's lives are, you know, are at risk. And so there's going to be certain sort of one end of the spectrum where, you know, hey, it's really important for us to be together so that we can you know, do things like save lives. But on the other hand, it's like you know look at you know if you're just trying to ship code, for example, and like okay, at least the code just like it's it, it was before the pandemic, you know okay, these coders you know developers can be anywhere, um, right. and you know they can do pair coding and they can you know they can chat and they can be on the phone and they can do all the stuff that you know they did before. Because it was funny because you go to some places like, I don't know, you go to Twitter, you go to Google, and you go to like one section where there's a whole bunch of developers. All it is is like rows of people with their headphones on looking at screens, not talking to each other. So it's like, you kind of look at that like, why are they here? Oh, the free food. That's why. Because the food's really good. Google is. It's really the breakfast burritos. Oh, man, those are super tasty. (laughs) Love them. Uh, Love the Google campus. And it's exactly like it looks in the movie. If you've seen the movie. Really? Yeah. It looks yes. exactly like that. Yes. The people that would on the bikes awesome. and sitting on the lawn, it looks exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that's uh, awesome. And
1: yeah, so that's, that's the situation. So it's so, it's interesting because we haven't had a dialogue from a business standpoint that's become so personal. And this, mm-hmm. this pandemic has created a very personal dialogue between companies and people. And especially with um, with protests and with all the other things that are going on, everything's gotten so much more personal. Which means there's divisiveness, which means there's you know there's anxiety and there's potential for misunderstandings, there's potential for strife, there's a potential for rifts. And so I think that's the one big thing that I'm trying to as a as an individual within a company is trying to continue to promote that culture of inclusion. That it's there's no us versus them. There's no hey that we're the people who are going to go to the office and you're going to be the people who stay remote. There's no I believe this and you believe that, therefore you know um, you know I, I'm I'm going to judge you. It's tough, um, but I think that's that's the battle that we're doing right now, and that's the the battle that the organizations have as well is to continue to foster that kind of a culture of hey, look at let's be choice first. This decision is hard, and it's going to be different for everyone, and so let's figure out how we can give people that choice um, and create a culture that allows um, the people in the organization to accept each individual's choice um, while well, they're still getting things done, they're still getting work done there's so much talent and intelligence and brilliance um, in in so many different parts of the world and we want to capture that and we want to harness that and we want to encourage that and we want to make sure that you know that 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 we continue to build or, or loyalty is is a really important piece of that too it's like you know when you can just flip you know your zoom from one you know thing to the other it's like well you know it's it's easier in some circumstances for people to say look and I want to go to an organization that supports this kind of has a better culture for this Um, and and so when we want to create that kind of loyalty and 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 you want to keep those teams cohesive Um, so so yeah yeah it's it's,
0: yeah it is tough and that's that's really great advice Um, I think you hit on a lot of things today that people will be able to take away and apply to their workforce situations. So um, we are we are at time. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this. It, it is an interesting topic, and it, it's it's not a one and done conversation. I think it's ongoing, right? Um, so thank you for for joining us for the human factor today.
1: Thank you, Teresa. It was great, great conversation. Appreciate being
0: on the show. Mm-hmm.